Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. We have an awesome guest with us today. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Danny, and I am one of the co-founders of a group called Rebuilding Beirut with Pride. And we're a UK-based, um, well, we're a UK-based group, and we're trying to kind of rally as much of the LGBT community in the UK and kind of surrounding areas. Um, and the aim is to kind of come together, uh, have a big collective fund that we use to kind of um, empower, resource, and um, support uh, kind of grassroots activists on the ground in Beirut. Awesome. Amazing. Thanks so much. And just to give a little bit of context about how this collaboration started, um, we were considering uh, what to do for this festival, for this opportunity. Um, a lot of people were interested in hearing more about um, how the queer community in Beirut was being impacted now, particularly after the explosion, but also just during the multiple levels of um, crisis, including economic crisis that have been going on there. Um, we didn't necessarily want to talk about that alone, but we also recognize that people on the ground there have um, more like urgent material things to deal with um, rather than dealing with talking about it and press and publicity, which some people have done. But um, we also want to maybe um, take on some of that work uh, within the diaspora and see how we can kind of support on these less tangible fronts, uh, which is kind of uh, what we were thinking when we came across uh, Rebuilding Beirut with Pride, um, which, um, yeah, can you just uh, tell us a little bit more about how that started, um, mm -hmm. how you got involved, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think it's funny because um, we've done a lot of kind of press uh, bits around it. And I think from the yeah. first time they uh, were asking me how did it start and me ending the phone call in tears to like now, I've like got a little, <laughs> I've yeah. got my, uh, my line, but I think, to be honest, it's a bit of a difficult one because it started out as kind of a response to what had happened in Beirut. So obviously the explosion and the blast um, didn't only kind of shake up the country, but just everyone that has any connection to it. I think it was um, so triggering because of obviously kind of historical um, context of Lebanon and kind of that image of something so horrific just kind of being we grew up with that image and we're kind of, and we have that as a reference point in our head. And even kind of speaking about it, I'm getting a bit of goosebumps, but we grew up with that kind of image of Beirut as a destruction zone. And that's um, whether you've lived in Lebanon or whether you lived outside of it and have been kind of subjugated to stereotypes of what Beirut is. So I think a lot of people seeing that, not even knowing any context behind it, whether it was an attack, whether it was anything, just provoked such a strong emotional kind of reaction from everyone. Um, that we were just kind of left really hopeless. There was kind of no glimpse of what's to kind of come next. We were so afraid for everyone kind of back home. And I'm speaking from, from a diaspora perspective. We were so afraid of kind of everything going back home. And we honestly just feared the worst. And like you said, this was a country kind of already on the brink of absolute collapse. Like the, um, the lira, the kind of hyperinflation of our currency, um, coupled with kind of... Um, it just political unrest. They obviously have the photo that started um, on the 17th of October um, and that's kind of continued. And obviously with um, Corona and just so many different layers that we all just kind of felt that this was kind of the final nail in Lebanon's coffin, if you will. And so I'll be honest, that first day was just absolute devastation. I mean, I don't think I've ever kind of spoken to my mom and heard her just so, there was just no, emotion there's just nothing kind of in her voice and it's and I think that's what kind of really hit me hard um because I've always kind of seen my mom as that kind of really strong person 
And I think that's just really hit everyone. So what we needed to do was, um, we just need immediately need to organize and kind of my immediate thought um, being kind of an activist uh, based in the UK um, and kind of largely an LGBT or migrant rights activist. And my immediate thought was to go to my community, my LGBT community, the queer community in the UK. Um, and largely because I almost knew I could rely on that in my community to kind of help my other one. Um, the queer community has a really long and proud history of international solidarity. And I think this was no different. So this really just kind of came about out of a, a, a collective need to do something and kind of a pulling of resources within the network that we have kind of here. Um, so Beirut, uh, Rebuilding Beirut with Pride came about, and I know this is a long-winded answer, um, but the aim of it um, is really just to um, it's in the name, help rebuild Beirut, but through kind of the celebration of Arab and queer talent. Um, so whether that is art, whether that is music, whether that is performance, um, what we've tried to do is kind of create a platform to amplify these voices, but also do it in a really kind of constructive and proactive way that channels into something useful for, for our country back home. Awesome. Um, can you talk about some of the ways that you have been doing that? So you've um, you have a page on Instagram, and then there's an event coming up on Saturday. Can you um, describe that for everyone? Yeah, absolutely. So honestly, this just started off as we were going to raise 3,000, 5,000 pounds. And then like two weeks later, we've raised 20,000 pounds and we haven't even kind of started selling art or kind amazing. of had the event, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and really taken away by all the support. So what we're going to be doing is a number of things. Um, so yesterday we launched our online art shop and auction. And so, we're, so that is kind of an open platform for um, artists from all over the world, whether they're queer, whether they're Arab, or whether they're allies, um, to submit art and prints to be um, as part of that. Uh, since launching yesterday, we've already sold about a thousand pounds worth of print. All proceeds go immediately there. Get that coin, and I am getting that coin, sis. Um, and uh, that was kind of the art side of piece, uh, the art side of things. And then that's leading up to an auction on Saturday. Um, and that's going to be kind of an online auction for anywhere in the world to take part. And we've really kind of chosen some really beautiful kind of pieces specifically relating to kind of Lebanon and kind of um, also kind of our emotional responses to all of that. Then that night, we have um, a night of performances um, and we have a different kind of queer and Arab talent taking part. So we have Amru Al-Qadi, um, otherwise known as Glamru. Um, a really kind of well-known performer. I think they've done something similar on this, uh, on this podcast. Um, and they'll be headlining the night. Um, other kind of performers are taking part. And the idea really is just get everyone in a space, celebrate all the talent that we have in our community, and then put it towards a good cause. But that is just the first step. We have our next event planned on the 25th of September. Um, we have other art auctions going up into that. We're working with Lebanese musicians at the moment to create kind of an album for Beirut that we're trying to look to sell as well. So what we're really trying to do is just create kind of this collective of, of, of queer Arab talent that uses kind of what resources we have um, and what networks we have to kind of send back straight home. Awesome. Yeah, we, so, we, we, um, we, we, honestly, we I'm just so impressed by like how quickly y'all have organized and gotten on this. Um, it, yeah. it, it's really amazing because um, like you were saying like it's it doesn't obviously it affects people currently in Lebanon the most but all of us are impacted anyone who's Lebanese or connected to Lebanon I'm sure has not been having the most functional week and I've, I've struggled with this personally like immediate um, crisis responses aren't my strength and especially haven't been my strength um, lately and I, I do like remind myself I guess this is going to connect to what you're going to be talking about next um, because it's, yes, it is an immediate crisis, but it's going to be so much more than that. And we're needed for also the continued work that's going to be going on. Um, 
but just yeah just as like as a first step I'm, I'm i've been so impressed by people who have been able to um, while they're still processing all of this whether they're there or whether they're outside the country have been able to um organize and do something so quickly and it wasn't <laughs> i think it's i think you're making it sad i mean it's not as i i, I don't i'm not saying like people who have no, been no, doing no. things are okay <laughs> i don't think yeah. so at all but yeah it's been, but it's exactly like you said, I think it's, it was difficult for anyone to kind of think about how we can channel it. Because like you said, it, it was just, it was so devastating. It was so devastating yeah. on every level that in a sense, this was my coping mechanism. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always put my hand, I always put my hands up and to say, I mean, everyone does have their own kind of mental health issues um, and kind of my, my mind are no different. I think anybody with kind of mental health issues, this specific crisis have kind of exacerbated that. So I think a lot of people have had to kind of navigate through it and try to kind of create their own coping mechanisms. And I guess this was, this was, this was one of mine, as was my mom's cleaning up the streets. I can imagine any other Lebanese. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to imply that anyone who's um, doing projects is okay, because I know that is not how it goes at all. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a coping mechanism that is actively doing a lot of good for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm really impressed by that. Um, and yeah, but, but like, like you said, no one, I, I think there's also been kind of this breaking down of like the resilience narrative. You kind of said this was like the last nail. And I think whether that's true or not, like a lot of people are feeling that people have been saying, oh, the Lebanese people are so resilient, which is kind of fucked up on so many levels. Um, like that's kind of implies that people are meant to deal with this kind of shit. No one's meant yeah. to deal with this kind of shit. Um, yeah. And yeah. Resilient to yeah. who? Resilient to what? It's just this continuum. Yeah. And, and you hear it so much. Oh, the Lebanese are used to it. Well, no one's no. Re Recurring trauma isn't like, doesn't get better it gets worse that's not how it, it, it really yeah. does it really and it's collective trauma of that it's like the entire country has kind of gone through so much and we've gotten to a point that our trauma is so collective that everyone just sees it as the norm and yeah. that's what's so fucked up about it yeah okay um but back to the project uh, sorry so, we're gonna get a bit angry <laughs> yeah but the, no this is part of it too um but yeah, back to the project. Uh, can you tell us more about like what you're planning kind of in the later stages as this goes on? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think we've just been taken, <laughs> we've been so taken away, uh, taken aback by um, just the amount of support. So like, for example, um, this, the way that it kind of was forced, to, not forced into it, but the way that this kind of was brought into mind was one of my um, friends here in the UK, British, not a Lebanese, kind of not nothing to do with it, um, literally just texted me and said, I've already gotten in touch with a pub. I've booked you a venue. Let's do a fundraiser. This is the only way it's going to kind of get you out of your rut. And that's what kind of started it off. And that theme of just absolute selfless giving and kind of stepping up and saying, I want to do something has been so consistent throughout this project. And there is not at one point where we could have said that one or two or three of us could have kind of achieved what we have at this point um, because it's just been kind of this collective effort. So next steps, 
um, we have been approached by a hotel who have um, offered to give us a ballroom for our next um, an event. Um, it's kind of off brand, but hey, we're there for it. Um, we've also been approached by, like I said, kind of different musicians looking to also kind of take part. So we're trying to kind of broaden outside of just um, kind of prints and art and photograph and things like that. Um, so while we're still kind of regrouping, because like I said, we're getting so much support, our kind of long-term vision of this um, is really just kind of a collective and a fund um, that is kind of organized here in the UK, kind of our allies across, um, across Europe, across the world. But what we do is um, we use this fund to really kind of empower and support these grassroots initiatives on the ground. So really early on kind of in this, uh, when the crisis happened and we went out and said, who can we give our money to? We want to fundraise, who do we give it to? And a lot of people on the ground said, um, well, just give it to kind of NGOs, um, not kind of LGBT specific NGOs, but just NGOs that will kind of go out and do things anyway. And some, might, some things might pop up and they have. So there has the kind of transgender relief fund, which has popped up amazing. They've raised about 70,000 pounds. There's the um, emergency relief fund for LGBTQ victims led by Sandra Milhem. Um, they've raised about 30,000 pounds, both of which are kind of beneficiaries of our, of our crowdfund as well. Okay. Um, but it's these things are kind of they're they're popping up so now kind of for the next one that we want there's already established network of activists on the ground that are doing such amazing work that it'll be a lot easier to kind of channel what we want to do and how much we want to get right into those into those projects and they really are doing amazing work you have dana ash from uh from haven for artists who's kind of created a shelter for um lgb and transgender victims you've had everyone kind of coming together and these systems are now building up and they're creating these kind of systems of support, which is absolutely fantastic. So our next step here is whatever we can do through the celebration of queer Arab talent in order to kind of support, fund, resource them and kind of um, ensure that they get the kind of awareness and, and recognition that they need. Amazing. Um, okay, so this is something that to me is obvious, but I'm gonna ask it because it's a question I've seen asked a lot. Um, your fundraiser isn't um, LGBT specific, but some aspects of it are. And I've seen some people like looking at those GoFundMes and questioning like, why are queer people particularly impacted? Um, why isn't this a general fundraiser? Again, I, I, I can see a lot of reasons why they are, but um, yeah, do you wanna talk about that from your perspective? Yeah. Absolutely, and that's a totally fair question. Um, we are getting a lot of people saying, well, why, why specifically LGBT? And here's why. Um, the LGBT community in Lebanon, specifically the transgender community, specifically transgender women in the, com in the community, um, are so seriously disproportionately impacted. Outside, take, remove, remove, remove this crisis altogether, remove the explosion altogether. Trans women are not allowed, well, trans people are not allowed to work in Lebanon unless they're, um, the, the way they present their gender uh, matches their um, gender identity certificate, or the equivalent of that. Um, they, uh, it's really hard um, for, to gain kind of safe access to healthcare. Um, even if you're looking at kind of the LGB community, um, those who are kind of outwardly queer find it really difficult kind of, again, to gain employment, to have kind of safe access to healthcare, uh, but also kind of just safety and kind of being being kind of on their own and a large part of that kind of comes down to and you might also say all Lebanese don't have that kind of support network there's no central government there's no healthcare system etc but what Lebanese the majority would do have um, is almost a fam family support network um, as with all Arab cultures um, a lot of the support you get is from your family um, and unfortunately um, because of kind of societal taboos because of the culture and because of the um, uh, stereotypes and kind of, uh, you know what I mean, around kind of LGBT identities, 
a lot of those people have been removed from that kind of family support uh, structure. So if we're looking at kind of any, any kind of group in Lebanon, and I'm not saying we need to rethink about how we rebuild uh, Lebanon with just LGBT people and kind of centered in that, but I think they need to be a part of that. I think they need yeah. to, migrant, migrant women need to be a part of that, how we redesign the, the country. We need to identify who are the most vulnerable people in our society, the most vulnerable people in Beirut, who have been disproportionately impacted before this event and now have been absolutely yeah. exacerbated all of their problems. Um, we need to kind when we're rethinking, when we're thinking about rebuilding Beirut, not just physically, but also conceptually as a community that each of us can feel a part of, we need to be putting those people at the center of that in order to actually create a community that's equal to all and it's inclusive to all um, and this is me not being a diversity and inclusion advisor which I am but um, I, I really I really do think that with any um, the way we approach any situation we need to be putting the most vulnerable at the heart of that situation in order to in order to create any kind of equitable solution um, and I think this is no different Lebanese LGBT community have been so so oppressed so oppressed and I think this was this just has completely wiped out whatever structures we've, we've, they've built, we've built, they've built, whether it's our physical spaces. So Madame Om, um, a really well-known lesbian and um, kind of trans-inclusive space, completely destroyed. Marim Khail, Jamezi, the two kind of um, LGBTQ hubs of Beirut, completely destroyed just 200 meters away. So we, we as a community have been disproportionately impacted, both kind of in the spaces that we've built, in, in the communities that we've created, and also kind of the support networks that, that, that we've really relied on. All of that is kind of starting to, to fall apart. And then that's why they need, and that's yeah. why LGBTQ people need to be the heart of this. Thank you, that was beautifully explained. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I, I know so many people who are like either, like they're like, I can't, because everyone, words, um, in a time when so many people are being displaced and it is a lot of familial networks where it's like, oh, my house is wrecked, but I'm gonna go to my aunt, et cetera. It's like, there's so many people who are like, I can't go to my family or maybe like a slightly privileged, more privileged, but also just shitty position is I have to go home to my family and be closeted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is the case for many, many people who have had to go back home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've also brought up, uh, migrant workers being another vulnerable group. Um, is that, do you plan to address that group specifically in your fundraiser as well? Um, that's a good question. And I think um, that's something to absolutely kind of think about and embed into it. Uh, I think moving forward, we were thinking about um, kind of specifically targeting kind of LGBT groups. So we're, we're in discussions with Helen at the moment to see if kind of they need any kind of specific help. Um, but to be honest, you saying that has actually kind of brought it up wider. Us as an LGBT community, it's almost meaningless to just say we stand shoulder to shoulder with LGBTQ siblings because what is that without, again, solidarity with the most vulnerable? And we're almost shoulder to shoulder with them conceptually in the eyes of Lebanese in terms of our rights. Um, if not, we have a bit more. Um, and I think, I think you're absolutely right. And that's something that I'll be looking into take forward. Thank you for that. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, is there... Um... Or Alia, I'll um, let you talk. I I've been talking for a while. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I want to, I want this to be mostly YouTube. Um, okay, so do you want to talk about the new page that you just launched, RBP, oh, <laughs> RBP Auction? Do you want to talk about, like, um, the function of that page and how it got started? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really early on, we wanted to do this as, like I said, kind of celebration of queer art. Um, and uh, we really wanted to do some sort of auction. And um, in the process of um, kind of 
fundraising for Beirut, just kind of celebrating all the talents in our community. Um, and the page that we launched yesterday, so RBP, Rebuilding Beirut, probably, that's right, rbp.auction, um, is basically just a collective of all of that. So there's different prints that people have submitted from all over the world. We have custom prints that people have created specifically for Rebuilding Beirut Pride. Um, and so we're trying to sell as many of them as possible. Um, you might have heard of um, kind of Art Queer Habibi, um, really well-renowned. Yeah, kind of, um, so they have really kindly donated a few prints. Um, so it's just been such a beautifully kind of collective effort that everyone's been kind of giving. And it's not only just queer people, um, it's people, I got a, a random kind of artist in Texas who sent 3,000 pounds worth of prints. Like wow. it, it, it's just, it, it honestly just taken aback. Like it's just been such a, people feeling that they have the responsibility to kind of step up and do what they can. And that's just been so beautiful. Yeah, everyone. So, right. Yeah, everyone follow that. It's RBP period auction. Yes, please. Yeah. And, um, and we're hoping yeah. to continue this after this Friday. So if you are an artist, you'd like to get involved. Um, if you're a photographer who'd like to submit, um, please get in touch. We'd love to kind of showcase your work and kind of um, raise some money from that. Awesome. And then if anyone wants to attend the event on Saturday virtually, is that possible? Yeah, so at the moment, we're, we were we originally planned to have a live stream. I think that's why I wanted to talk to you about, like, what is it, OBS afterwards? But, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so um, we are currently planning on doing the live stream. We're having some logistical issues. Um, okay. We're kind of sorting it out. So we can yeah. uh, we will be posting a link if that's the case. If not, we'll just be live streaming onto our um, Instagram page so people can uh, keep up. Perfect. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Glamour. We just had them on. The, an episode so that's cool they're amazing <laughs> yeah mm. yeah have you have you read their book no uh, but, no we need to yeah <laughs> oh oh my god definitely oh going my god. to yeah yeah i think yeah. i've i've never recommended a book so much in every conversation i've ever had <laughs> Ooh. okay i, yeah. I need to get on it i haven't been great yeah. at just reading in general during quarantine mm. same but <laughs> i've had i've <laughs> had I've I had just haven't been able to focus like while reading, but maybe this is the book. Maybe yeah. like honestly, honestly, this is the book. Probably that. Well, yeah, it's just like a, a, well, it's especially kind of almost true for also kind of people living abroad. So um, and it kind of also hits home because like every page yeah. I was reading, I was like, wow, I've this is just describing me with my mom. This is just describing my relationship wow. with this person. It's really really recommend. Awesome. Okay. And they're a fantastic person. Anyway, sorry, back to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess kind of like on that, uh, on the note of like experiences living abroad, what have been kind of the reactions you've gotten so far in London during this fundraiser, um, whether from like the queer community who isn't necessarily like connected to Lebanon or is an Arab um, or just from the general public? Just uh, honestly, absolute solidarity. Um, awesome. I, I, mm -hmm. Yeah, just really kind of taken aback. Um, whether it's people just donating, the deputy mayor of London donated like three, four hundred quid. Um, like it's just been this. I keep saying this, but kind of collective solidarity, and it's been so beautiful to see. But it really has been overwhelming. That's amazing. Sometimes yeah. I feel like it's. Um, it's at least I'll I'll speak for like I don't know. U.S. queer community, maybe like East Coast cities specifically, it can be hard to get people to um, develop like an international consciousness or like international solidarity and like kind of look beyond their own little queer bubble. Um, but it, it's really cool to see that you've not found that to be the case where you are. 
It's interesting because yeah. I think, like I said, like when I say kind of the queer community has a history of this kind of international solidarity, it's, it is it is true for kind of internationally, but I think also in the UK, we've had some kind of key moments of queer people stepping up for kind of different people's rights. So like, for example, this t-shirt, um, it says, well, it's not the gay Arab podcast, so I had to say it. So it's, it says, not gay as in happy, queer as in fuck your borders. And it's from a group called Lesbian and Gays Support the Migrants. Yes. Um, and there are really great um, grassroots groups that do everything from kind of direct action to physically kind of stopping planes, kind of deporting migrants and LGBT migrants. And this kind of stemmed from a 1980s group called Lesbian and Gays Support the Minors, um, which was a group of kind of London-based um, queer activists who, despite kind kind of rampant homophobia um, got together and the LGBT community in London and the UK to raise funds for striking Welsh miners that were striking against uh, Margaret Thatcher's government. So there's a really kind of strong history of this okay. solidarity and these things kind of scaffold and they build on each other. So a lot of the people involved in this have been helping out with this. And, it, that, that, and, that's, and that's what I mean, kind of collective, beautiful solidarity. Yeah. Yeah, fuck your borders. Fuck all yeah. the borders. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're at about time. So thank you so much for doing this with us. Um, so just a reminder to everyone, follow Rebuilding Beirut with Pride on Instagram and then also rbp.auction. And then is there any other way that you want people to follow you or is it mostly on Instagram? So you can either kind of follow our Instagram at Rebuilding Beirut with Pride or um, you can kind of also give straight to our GoFundMe at gofundme.com slash Rebuilding Beirut. Perfect. And a huge thank you to both of you because this platform has been really great to kind of speak about some of these things. Thank you so thank much you. for doing this. And then yeah. to keep in touch with us, you can go to thequeerarabs.com and we're also the Queer Arabs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Queer, not gay. <laughs> fuck your borders. Fuck your borders. Fuck your borders. Some of us might be gay too, but, but fuck your borders. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Gay, queer, whatever, no matter what. Fuck your it's, borders. It, yeah, it was a joke. Even fuck if your you're borders, like, whatever. Cis, like, fuck all borders. Yeah. yeah, if you're straight, fuck your borders. If too. you're yeah. straight too, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what it's like to be straight. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't know. I actually nah. don't want to know. All That's right. a different podcast. That's a yeah. whole, yeah. <laughs> Thanks all. Thanks for listening. Thank you both.